News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. UN COP27 Climate Summit drew praise for the creation of a loss and damage fund to help vulnerable countries. But there was also anger over a failure to push further efforts on cutting emissions. Uh, Green Party leader and Minister for the Environment, Eamon Ryan, is with us. Uh, Minister, glass half full or glass half empty? Oh God, that's a tough question. Um, I think it's more full than empty because this this meeting of 20, 200 countries around the world was always going to be about this issue of climate justice. And I think we delivered there what is a historic uh, development. And now it, it's not, it, it's just a political decision that needs then to be implemented, but it is a political decision that is in law now. It, it, it is part effectively of the Paris Climate Agreement and the UN Convention. So it is very strong, um, but it still has to be delivered on it, and that'll take several years. Um, we didn't deliver on the second half, the other side of the coin, and the European Union was centrally involved. We, we were pushing for a, a good deal on this issue of climate justice, but we're saying that actually justice also requires us to reduce emissions. And on that side of the coin, there wasn't uh, any advance. There wasn't a retreat, so we, we, had, we had to hold the line that there wasn't any retreat from our ambition. But one thing I'd say, I, I think having addressed what has been a really thorny issue and really important issue of the climate justice for those who are most affected by, by what's happening, the likes of the people in Pakistan who are now underwater, the people in the Horn of Africa who have seen five years of drought in a row, by at least committing to start addressing that, I think that will give us the ability to accelerate the the what we really need to do as well, which is to reduce the emissions, because there can't be the argument about, oh, well, no, we won't do it until we have some of these other climate justice issues resolved. So, okay. <clears throat> and that's why I think it is more... It is more glass half full than empty. It was a good week for um, climate justice. And particularly, I think, for Ireland, our team was centrally involved in in crafting and drafting and negotiating that that uh, historic deal. So um, I'm very proud of our civil servants and the work we did to help make it happen. Absolutely, and, and, and credit there uh, for that. I suppose the glass half empty argument was presented by others, like the, the COP26 uh, president, uh, Alok Sharma, saying... Um, uh, no clear follow through on the phasing out of coal, no clear commitment to the phasing out of all fossil fuels, the energy techs weakened in the final moments. I also heard Peter Thorne, um, the, uh, the, the climate expert on, on, on TV last night saying that we're, we're, we're going to be, that we're, we're shooting past two, per, uh, a two degrees centigrade, never mind uh, a 1.5 degrees centigrade increase. And that's why we have to act now fast because there was research showed the best scientists showing that if you go two degree rather than 1.5, it's an additional, I think, if I correct the figures, 400 million people in extreme heat, 170 million people in water shortage. So I absolutely accept what Peter's saying and we do need to accelerate. We need to do that at home. We need to do it across the world. Um, that's not, as I said, the line was held there rather than retreated from. But I would agree with both. We now also need to show that we now hit, need to hit the accelerator button when it comes to reducing emissions. Uh, do you agree with your um, government colleague, Colin Brophy, who, who said that um, the COP was at risk? He, he didn't say it was an irrelevancy, but he said it was at risk of becoming an irrelevancy. I, I think he was making the point because of the lack of follow through on, on stuff that is actually agreed at, at, uh, at uh, COP. 
We do have to follow through now, particularly on this loss and damage fund, which which requires follow through in a variety of ways. What what we got agreement on was what people call the mosaic of solutions. So it's not just one fund. We need follow through on countries like China, Saudi Arabia, Qatar contributing. And we have the possibility for that, in my mind, in the language which we agreed. We need follow through in the reform of the multilateral development banks, the IMF, the World Bank, the European Development Bank, and so on. In them, managing the debt issues and providing the finance needed for people to make the, make the leap. And last but not least, we got real commitment that it was the most vulnerable countries that would be protected. That targeting of funding is really needed. So yes, we need follow through. Uh, you yourself were quoted as talking about that Ireland should be and, and needs to be a contributor uh, to this fund. You spoke about maybe uh, taking from our, our corporation tax uh, take on our, our bumper corporation tax uh, take uh, to fund it. How much do, do we know uh, how much we're, we're looking at a year from Ireland? No, we don't know that. Just on that corporation tax, I think the point I was making there is, uh, I was asked, you know, should, should we play a part? Well, firstly, we do. And I think one of the reasons we were asked to negotiate on this point because, on listen, on us and damage is because we're good at it. We're good at, we're good at development aid. I mean, going right back, and I know this is kind of slightly cliched, but going back, we have a tradition coming from our missions coming from the kind of trochra concern, goal and others, coming from now our Department of Foreign Affairs is really engaged in the front line in a really uh, good way. And also, I would say, if you look at our country, we are the centre for the European, Middle East and Africa headquarters for a lot of global corporations. And I just was making the point there that that surely kind of makes means the case that if, if we're raising all this money from that role as a centre of, of business and finance uh, in the Middle East and Africa, well, then we have a responsibility to, to, uh, to provide in. Um, I think the, the nature of this, so there'll be so many different funds, as I said, that mosaic. Um, yes, we will contribute. We are already doing that. We, we've committed to double our climate finance by 2025. So we were on the right track, and I think that's why we were asked to lead the negotiations. We had some credibility on the issue. Okay. Do, do we have any rough idea how much we're talking about a year? Are we talking in, in, in the billions? No. One of the Well, yes, it needs to be. But one of the points I was making in the negotiations, and this came from Mary Robinson, um, each year in the world, there's four and a half billion air tickets sold. If we had just one euro on every ticket, that would give an ongoing every year fund that would allow us to contribute into this. Our second example, the fossil fuel industries this year, the oil and gas industries alone, will have net income of 3.9 trillion euros. Three, sorry, 3.9 um, trillion dollars. Yeah. Even if 1% of that, 1%, gives you about 39 billion euros you could contribute in. Now, that that's not agreed yet, but yeah. what we got in the text with the commitment to look at such in innovative forms of finance is gives us the possibility to push for those sort of solutions, which I think is the right way forward. Okay, and, and sorry to push, and, and maybe we just don't know the figure yet, but you think it will be kind of a billion plus a year. Is, is that roughly? Well, we're already um, committed to commission to up to 250 million year on climate finance, and yes, that will and should grow, but, but there's no, that, it, that sort of specific detail only comes later. Fair the first thing we have to do is get the get the principles in place. Okay, uh, just very finally, can I ask you um, on an unrelated, well, maybe it is a related matter, I don't know. Uh, Thomas Dilly of Rauker has said he wants to see if it's possible for planned increases in motorway tools to be reduced or deferred. And he wanted to talk to you in relation uh, to that. 
What's your position on what's being proposed by the TAI on, on the toll? Should they be deferred? Should they be uh, reduced? Well, firstly, I mean, the increases are, are just in line with inflation, which the contracts allow for. It's, it's a kind of legal structure. So if you're looking to compensate for it, you'd obviously have to take revenue from somewhere else to do that. And I would just be firstly nervous that we wouldn't reduce our spending on road maintenance or reduce the new public transport services that we're rolling out across the country. We just put in new bus service last week in Galway, doing the same in Mayo, doing the same in Limerick last week. We're going to, um, what I wouldn't want to do is us uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, as it were, where we would have to reduce our spending on public transport or on maintenance of the roads. I understand the concerns. I, w- I was away last week, so I wasn't part of the debate. I, I will talk to the Tonish to and, and others, but uh, just to be careful, this is under under law. They're entitled to an increase under in inflation. And if we had to compensate that, as I said, it would have to come from some other part of the transport budget, which could weaken the services that the public rightly expect. So just in summary, I mean, you, you said you, you'll obviously talk to the, the uh, to Leo Vlaiker about this and you're not being absolutely definitive, but you're uh, as of now, you're minded towards leaving as is and, and, uh, and, well, and not, not uh, reducing well, or deferring. I, yeah, I don't think others would, when you actually look under the bonnet, as it were, I don't think people will want to cut bus services or cut the maintenance and improvement of roads to, to do that. And I don't think that would be the right way to go. OK, we'll leave it there. Green Party Leader, Minister for the Environment, Eamon Ryan, thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.